Welcome to Dad Bod's Podcast, everybody. It is the NBA Playoff Show. I am your host with the most, the point guard of podcasting, and I am wearing all Celtics green guns picks, and I am joined with two guys that can give you better analysis on the NBA than myself because I follow too much damn college basketball. To my right, if you're watching this on YouTube on the Sports Wagering Network, I have Shark E. Waters Nation at Sharks in Sports 88 and to the bottom of the screen. We have fellow dad bod himself, the NBA guru, handicapper himself, the odds fellow. What's going on, guys? How you feeling? I'll start with you, Shark. Hanging out, hanging out. Have not been on a live broadcast in a while since the last time Guns and I were on here. And of course, uh, shout out to Jay Money. Hope he's well. But we're in the present. The present is now. And it's Shark and Waters Nation and Sports Wagering Network as we jump off into really a brand new campaign and fortunate to be here for the playoffs. I think the playoffs are going to be an interesting showcase of pro ball. And I think a lot of things we're going to discuss through this broadcast, we're really prepping here for about 40 fast minutes, I think 45, 50 at the most, is going to be a reversal of the regular season. And I think some of the lines are telling you very interesting stories as to how the regular season might not tell us the story of the postseason. Anthony Latino, what's going on, brother? Went to the auto show tonight, so I got the little Ferrari shirt on right here. Was was getting the engines revved up for this very evening. So the New York City auto show at the Javits Center was popping off. That's what the NBA playoffs are going to do this year, too. I'm excited for no more load management. I'm excited for playoff basketball. Um, great teams have made it. We still got two play-ins left. I think we're going to start talking about those. Yeah. I mean, exactly. We call it games that actually mean something for all teams. You don't have to worry about guys resting in the last minute. You can actually cap these games properly. The lines are correct, and the players that are playing that aren't on the injured list now should be playing this one. But we're going to start this off with two play-in games that start here tomorrow night, uh, Friday night. We'll start with the first one that comes up here. Uh, For the eighth seed, in the Eastern Conference, we have the Chicago Bulls going uh, on the road, Miami, Florida, uh, to play the Miami Heat. I'll start with you, Shark. You're wearing the red hat. I think you have a look at this game. I do. I do. And I love this hat. I got this hat a little while ago, and I thought to myself, positive energy for the Bulls. 90s Bulls, top team in NBA history, in my opinion. Of course, I wasn't around for the Celtics back in the 70s. They would get very angry at that comment. But we're looking at tomorrow night. We're playing a half unit, plus five and a half. And I think when you really start to go through this, the first point on this, I think you can handicap this similar to the NCAA tournament. I know that sounds ridiculous, but in terms of the way books are grading lines between effective game seven environments, when you see the heat at the highest seed of the four, only laying five and a half to the Bulls in low position, and you see Minnesota, who is at a lesser grading point seeding-wise than Miami, laying the same number to Oklahoma City. This is telling you an underdog story in the Eastern Conference matchup, and it's telling you a favorite story in the Western Conference matchup. And I think when you really start to go through this, you know, we were just discussing this off the air. I think it's really a starting point. You know, when this season started, Miami was coming off of an Eastern Conference Finals Game 7. And they lost in Boston. They were the one seed last year. uh, Excuse me, the two seed, I believe. Whatever it was. Irrelevant. They left their entire heart and soul on the court. And I had talked about this going back to the early season when Miami was not very good coming out of the gate. 
And I referenced it back to the bubble season where they went to the finals against the Lakers. The following season, they were lackluster out of the gate, and they were lackluster pretty much the whole season. And you know what? This season is mirroring exactly that post-bubble season. Go deep last year. They got no energy left. It's hard to back up that type of success with success. And truthfully, these guys, Jimmy Butler being the main piece, older players now, older players in a transitioning league. And the final point on this cap, and I'll throw it to Anthony for some comments. Chicago has owned this team in the regular season. Three outright wins, 116-108 on the road, 113-103 on the road. You would have thought Miami might have shown up in the most recent one, March 18th. No, sir. Chicago 113.99. You saw it in the Toronto game last night. Adam, or Adam Levine, excuse me. Adam Levine, sing some fucking songs. Zach Levine has another level. And Stephen A. Smith was talking about this. A couple other guys were talking about this. You know, this guy got paid in the offseason. And I think a lot of people don't really know Zach Levine. UCLA, Timberwolves, dunk contest. People don't really know nationally the quality of leadership of this guy and his on-court talent. He went off for 30 points in the second half last night. I think he's going to do it again tomorrow night. I don't know if the Bulls steal this one on the road. I do think it's going to be crazy tight. Playing at half unit plus five and a half. Anthony, talk to me. Yeah, I lean that way too, especially when you start getting in that five or six, man. You know, it's kind of no man's land in the NBA. Those five, six, seven point lines, very dangerous with free throws, end of games you know, fouling and, and how these things get stretched out. Another look, because I do lean Bulls, um, just with the way these two teams are moving, is kind of opposite directions, right? The Bulls may be stuck in mediocrity, but a younger core, um, a little bit more happening there compared to, to to this Heat team and just the positions they're in. Some interesting revenge factors, though. Um, you know, you obviously got the Jimmy Butler element of this game and, and playoff Jimmy Butler. You never know how he's going to go off. The coaching matchup is one to watch. I think Spoltra um, – you know, a, a slightly higher rated, uh, well-regarded coach. So in a one-game playoff, you know, maybe he steps up. But I think another look here in, in the lean I have, especially at a low number like this, is essentially a game seven atmosphere that we're talking about with the winner go-home element is under 208 and a half. The reason I don't mind that is because of how some of these teams attack things, especially from a three-point shooting standpoint. That number would normally scare me in today's NBA with the three-point shooting variance, but you have a team in the uh, Chicago Bulls who, from a three-point shooting percentage, are ranked 16th overall in the NBA. So right there, kind of in the middle. But even with that mediocrity from a three-point shooting percentage standpoint, they rank 30th in three-point makes and three-point attempts. So they're not shooting them. They got mid-range DeMar DeRozan, who's not even going to attempt these shots, right? So that'll keep things down. Then you look on the other side of the coin with the Heat. They rank 27th in overall shooting percentage from three. So just ways, again, game seven atmosphere, that type of three-point shooting variance, you know, the heat with a typically better uh, defensive reputation. I like the Bulls in a close, low-scoring game. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. just, just one. Go. I'm into it. Um, one comment on that. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. You know, we saw this last night. The only game that really went over with any significance in the four-pack of games played in the previous two nights was the Oklahoma City game, and they just, they will not defend. So that is just – doesn't matter if the refs are going to call it a different way. Oklahoma City is not going to defend. So that, that game I think could be an over potentially. But this game, I agree with you. I think this is going to be an under at 208. I think the number is telling you a great story. You know, we talk about this every day. We've talked about this for years, and we will continue to do it forever. When the books are moving the line down off of already a low-scoring game in the previous one, 113.99, that was an under 216 final line 
212. Now you're at 208. They're telling you a continued downward story. I'm not on it officially. I completely agree with you. We love shots getting fired. It doesn't matter if it's Zach Levine, Adam Levine, Avril Levine. You pick your Levines. Uh, we uh, Shark says take the Bulls. And, of course, we have the odds fellow taking the under in that game. Full agreement across the board. But let's move into the next game on the slate here. It is the West Coast special. Pun is watching in the background with bated breath. As we talk about this game, it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. And no, Durant and the boys are not there anymore. But you're going against the Timberwolves. Uh, coming off an overtime heartbreaker in L.A. I'll start with you this time, Oddsfells. What are your thoughts on the Thunder versus the Timberwolves? Thunder up. Producer pun. Working those fingers back there. Um, no, this Thunder team has been a great story, but I don't think they would mind, honestly, if they fall back into the lottery. And maybe I'm not speaking for, for pun and the rest of the fan base who's a little bit hungry for it. But, you know, they land in a good spot for the future no matter what happens here. So the key for them is they're playing with house money, which is helpful. I just think the Minnesota Timberwolves have too much at stake, um, you know, really let one get away against the Los Angeles Lakers. But I think the Rudy Gobert thing, and I actually don't even know if he's playing, you know, Shark may know. I, I, my original thought was he was going to come back for this game. And I think him and the performance you got from Anthony Edwards, if you look closely at the statistics of that game, Carl Anthony Towns played pretty well until he got into some foul trouble. Anthony Edwards had a terrible shooting performance. And I can guarantee you that's not going to re be replicated. The defensive effort that you're going to get from the Oklahoma City Thunder is not going to be the same element that it is with you know with the Lakers and now this team also settles in a little bit at home so I just think the Cinderella story here for the Thunder ends a year early I like the 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 Wolves I played it at minus five already officially in our dad bod slack I ended up buying it down a little bit just from that five and a half that line I think I've seen already pop back down to five in some spots so if it's four and a half and five I'll keep firing at it and and I don't mind it there I think the Wolves are going to get it done yeah what do you yeah. think Mark? I think this is a really interesting game. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I made the comment going back to when we intro these games, the line all over Chicago situationally and the line is on uh, Minnesota situationally here. The only takeaway that I think would lean me not to playing this officially is honestly just the fact that Oklahoma City, more than any of these teams, seems to just have this youthful lack of I don't know, shackling within them. And that sounds ridiculous. People watch NBA basketball. I think it's free. It's Trust me, it's not. You know, Kevin Love about a decade ago ran off the court because his stress was so high on the court. The pressure of NBA ball is immense. And if you can play freely, like the Oklahoma City Thunder, the back door is always wide open. And, I mean, this team is deep. It's not just SGA. You know, obviously they have the two guys with the same name uncannily. They kept talking about it on the broadcast last night. Jalen out of Santa, Cl Santa Clara and Jalen out of Arkansas. Remember that. This is key trivia facts. But, you know, when you look at the Wolves, I think there's a lot of moving parts here. I don't know if Rudy Gobert is even going to play. I think one, one of the interesting things, and I'm, again, you never know with the injury report in the NBA how honest these guys are being. But Rudy said he might not have played the other night anyway because he had back spasms, which is – it's like, is, this, is Rudy really just going to say, like, no, this wasn't because I was suspended. I was actually hurt. Like, I mean, I don't know. But – we don't know if he's going to play. We do know the line is on Minnesota. If you go back to the, the most recent event here, 
all four games between these teams were actually played before the new year. We talk about schedule clustering. Uh, they were played October 19th. It was the opener, October 23rd, and then December 3rd and December 16th. So these teams haven't played in forever. Expectations were vastly different at that point in time. This line is on Minnesota. I don't know if they're going to get margin uh, as much as I would like to take. Love it. As we uh, get out of the playing game, some smart stuff here from the Shark, from the Odds Fellow, as you are watching here on the Sports Wagering Network, Dad Bods Podcast, the T26U Beautiful Bastards watching us on YouTube. And I'm sure some of you guys are watching us Twitter, and I'll say to the Twitter people specifically, what are you doing? Get over to YouTube so I can see some of your comments. What do you guys want to be talking about here for the NBA playoffs? And also hit that like, hit that subscribe button and help this channel grow. But let's start this off. We're going to be skipping a lot of these number one seeds because we don't really know who they're going to be playing against. We're talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. We're talking about the Denver Nuggets. So please excuse us as we move along. Try to keep this show very tight here on the time frame. But let's start this off. We're going to start off the Eastern Conference here. My Boston Celtics going to be playing the Atlanta Hawks, uh, a team that uh, they played three times this year, uh, won all three. Uh, I believe they covered in all of those situations from what I'm seeing here. So 3-0 against the spread. The Boston Celtics are against the Hawks. I'm going to start this off with the Sharks. What do you think about this series overall and what maybe some thoughts on game one? Yeah. Um, taking a breath here. Was just I didn't realize we were live on Twitter, so I just threw a retweet on there. For the people that yeah. do want to hang out and, uh, on both angles of the broadcast here, uh, let me pull this up. Okay, so Celtics-Hawks. As you mentioned, Celtics just at a much higher level of class here. And I'm going to go through all my different hats here because I haven't had a chance to wear them. In a long time on the air, guns, picks, I see you in color and action. And, um, you know, what we're looking at here, truthfully, as you mentioned, it's just pure domination. This is just domination. This is the Celtics. This is what they do. They dominate most of the league. When they're focused, they're ready. They're going to kick some ass here. 126-101, 134, 125, 120 to 114. I think the takeaway from the, the, the last two games there, the two that were on the closer side, obviously nine points and six-point final margin, Boston notably seemed to be coasting those games. And if you really follow Boston throughout this campaign, they were scorching hot early season. I believe they won double-digit games in a row. Then they fell down a little bit. Then they got hot a little bit. That's just, that's just classic 82 games of basketball over six months. There will be ups and downs. But when this team really wants to compete, key point here, which I think is going to be a real theme of this broadcast, these teams that have high defensive ratings are going to function incredibly well in the playoffs. Boston, I believe, I don't have it in front of me, has the number two defensive rating in the league. And I think that's it's really – important defensive efficiency. And they're second in offense. Yep. Okay, sure. And that is going to stand for so much because, truthfully, when you look at the last two games where Atlanta did keep it close, the key point here is 125 points for Atlanta and 114 points. When Atlanta got hammered, they scored 101. And I think what you're going to see here is a higher level of defensive intensity, and I think it's going to be aided significantly by the refereeing in the playoffs. I had made a point on Twitter going back a couple nights ago, and I said, 
I don't think NBA players in contemporary ball playing regular season basketball are truly conditioned for the physicality of the playoffs. Some people, you know, maybe disagree, which is fine. Some people may misinterpreted what I meant. I wasn't saying these guys aren't in condition. I'm not suggesting these guys are sitting down at McDonald's feasting every night. What I'm saying is that it's basically a different sport. It's like training for a jog and a marathon, and then all of a sudden you got to do CrossFit. It's a different train point, and the physicality makes it a different sport. You saw these guys the other night. Jimmy Butler sucking win big. A lot of the Heat players, the Lakers look like they just played back-to-back games at once. They were so tired. And I think what you're going to see here is I think the defensive physicality is going to take over the game, and refs will allow it to happen, which can really handcuff Atlanta. Uh, if you go back to last year, Atlanta did steal one game at home. They did lose in five. I do think that is probably going to go the same direction this uh, this series. I'm not on it officially just yet. If I do make this official tonight as I go through it in detail, top look in this is Celtics in five. Numbers hovering between 170 and plus 200. Yeah, that's a good point here. It's like you got the series just to win overall here. If you're on FanDuel, Boston is minus 1,200. You might as well start picking uh, what game they're going to actually win the division, and the Shark is taking the value on that one rather than just taking them in the overall series. I'll pass it on to Odds Fellow. What do you think about my Celts versus the Hawks? I don't have a, a pretty green hat like Snoopaloop right over there, but uh, you know, bring your green hat. Uh, I would, I would get on that train. And I would come with. I think when you look at five thirty-eight, which is always something I like to look at the projections. I mean, the Celtics have always been highly regarded. They were last year as well, and for a while, you know, during the regular season, it was like, why are they so high? And then you saw what that team became in the second half of the season into the postseason, and you have largely that same core that's still there right now. They have the highest odds on here to make the finals. Uh, um, at 33% chance compared to the Bucks, 30%. And then the chance of winning the finals, again, the highest, slightly over the Bucks, which is honestly surprising to me. I know we're not touching on the Bucks a ton, but I do love Milwaukee, 23% to 20%. So it speaks to, to as well the makeup and some of the projections that the analytics are saying these teams, this team should have from a postseason success standpoint. And the Hawks just aren't in that range, right? If I look at the same rankings, the Hawks are third to last out of the playoff teams listed. Only the Kings, Nets, and then maybe the Bulls or Thunder are behind them um, with a 0.2% chance, right? So I think, you know, I'm not going to beat this up. A lot of what you guys laid out is true. Another way to bet this that you'll probably hear me refer to a lot in this show, besides picking, you're going to get slightly better odds if you nail, hey, Celtics in four or Celtics in five. But the series spread is minus two and a half which unlocks both of those. If, you, if you're looking at that on FanDuel, series spread for minus 2.5 for the Celtics, which puts in play the 4-1 or the 4-0, is sitting at minus 162. So does that become a 1-2 to two unit bet, and, and that's how you scale during a series? That's another way to look at it too. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, guys, just, just one final point on this. You know, I do think a conversation, that a small conversation that is important within the capping this series we have to acknowledge that there was a coaching change for Atlanta late in the season. So it's hard to really analyze some of those matchups, including the early season matchup. Or again, it was kind of a lost group trying to integrate Jonte Murray, Nate McMillan, back end of his whole thing, whatever. But when you start to really go through Atlanta, even since Quinn Snyder became the head coach, they have not competed very well against playoff teams. And they have been really abysmal on the road. I think there's almost no shot they get a road game here in game one or two. I think Boston probably brings the hammer in game one. 
uh, again, nothing official on that because I do recall last year Boston not being great home game one. Uh, actually, yeah, the Boston should not have covered against Brooklyn. There was the walk-off Jason Tatum bucket. They did not cover against Miami, I believe, in home game one. Uh, Miami had home court. Okay, yeah, so, so don't take Boston game one. Disregard that, guys. Boston could lay an egg in game one. They probably do win, maybe not cover game one, and then hammer game two. And then I think Boston, again, go on the road. It's a good road team. It's going to be a series in five at plus 170. Key point here with Boston. Boston, 24 and 17 against the spread, 58.5% hit rate, uh, whereas Atlanta on the road, 19, 22, and 146.3%. So that is a good point that Shark made. Is like maybe you just kind of relax, watch game one a little bit. If you're going to get better numbers, yeah, you're going to yeah. get a better number on game two, and that's where you can kind of take advantage of the value of taking Boston in game two at home. But let's move on to the next series. We beat this one up, and uh, this one is a, a probably a little bit more of a lackluster series. You got a, a team that basically uh, you think they were going to play for a lottery pick, but you know, they kind of limped into getting into the playoffs. Uh, you know, full reset button, getting rid of Durant, getting rid of uh, Kyrie. Uh, it's the 76ers uh, with the uh, potential MVP and Joel Embiid against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Philly is minus uh, 1,000 to win the series, whereas Brooklyn is plus 1,660 on FanDuel. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? I will start with Oddswell this time. You're going to let me fanboy out here a little bit with my – Formerly New Jersey, aka the Brooklyn Nets, the uh, the Swamp Dragons, as they were should have been better known back in the day. Um, look, all credit to Jock Vaughn and that front office for navigating that shitstorm that those supposed star players put them in. I actually love the makeup of this team; they're fun to watch. Wings galore. Um, you know, a, a, a younger core that you can get behind. The fact that they did make the playoffs and limp in, obviously it wasn't, you know, they were very reliant on that like 34 and 20 start that I think they they were handed the head start due to Kyrie and, and uh, Durant before they got going. But I, I don't mind this team. I think they're going to compete, right? Night in and night out, they're going to compete. This series is chock full of storylines too, which which I love. The Mikhail Bridges storyline of, you know, the, the I think a draft night trade to get him out of, Philly, somewhere he could have landed. Um, obviously, you have the James Harden element to this thing. Um, and you probably have the MVP in Joel Embiid competing and trying to overcome former postseason failures that look bad on his resume a long time. It's the same th story about Harden and Doc Rivers, right? Doc, who has a ring, um, you know, has had a lot of chokes in big games since, since that Celtics win. So I think you're going to see battles here throughout. I think the 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 price, which I won't step on too much, Shark is going to get into a little bit, is very telling for what Vegas is telling you is going to happen. Um, the Sixers, like like we're seeing in the comments, may, may be, you know, for a while, they were one of my favorites to come out of the East. The only thing I worry about them is just injury risk, right? What, what kind of hardener are you going to get? He was actually banged up down the stretch, and if you look at his splits, was not playing – as well as he was at an all NBA level earlier in the year. So I think each, each, each game is going to be a little bit of a battle. I actually lean the net slightly in game one. I think the line's like eight and a half or nine points right now. There's no way I could pick them in the series um, at all. And I, I, I just don't think they're going to get there, but you know, do they steal a game or two? Yeah, I think that's possible. So I think another way to look at this for me is, is probably the lean to the plus 
two and a half for Brooklyn at, at plus 132. But I could see another five-game gentleman sweep here as well. Yeah, you made yeah. a good point. Oh, sorry. I, before I pass it to you, I, was, I just want to say, like, uh, Brooklyn, 56.1% hit rate on the road. They do travel well. They, they are not great at home. Uh, but you also have a 60% hit rate against the spread with Philly at home. I'll pass it to the Shark, who is wearing a beautiful, almost looks like a Gucci type of hat or something like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on this series? Philly, Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you come into this, you're not going to lay nine to one. I mean, maybe you will. I mean, I'm sure we'll see some sort of thing coming out. You know, FanDuel will report it. You know, Joe Joe Better out in Vegas dropped $10 million. To win. And, you know, because you see it every time. It's the sensationalism of the crazy big wagers. I'm sure somebody will. And I'll tell you this. I mean, I couldn't talk you off. I mean, they should win this series with some fucking authority. And uh, mattress back 100%. And, um, but, you know, when you start to really go through this, I think the best play in this series is actually taking 76ers for a sweep. Uh, I think a sweep is very, very prevalent here. I think numerically it's telling you a sweep story potentially. You know, historically when you see a three and a six seed, the three should not be just plus 240 for a sweep. Uh, this should be much closer grade. And, of course, it is a snapshot to this entire environment. Brooklyn is not your true six seed. You know, since these trades, as you mentioned, Brooklyn has immense, immense upside going forward. you got to love Mikhail Bridges, you got to love Cam Johnson, all these other pieces, Cam Thomas, obviously not getting enough playing time, but comically, every time they give him playing time, this guy goes off for 45 points. He's just a walking bucket. But I was going through this before, and, you know, Brooklyn, since the trades, is 6-5-1 and one at home ATS. So you say to yourself, okay, they're pretty good. They should cover one. They'll probably steal one. I don't think so. The six covers were against Washington, Chicago, Miami, Charlotte, Atlanta, and Orlando. Two takeaways there. All those teams are playing teams or non-playoff, and five of them are from the Southeast. So they basically just demolished the Southeastern division at home for whatever reason. You go to the non-covers, those were against playoff caliber teams, and two of those were against Philadelphia. Philadelphia on the road, 101-98, and Philadelphia on the road again, 134-105. I think Philly can get a sweep here. Philly's last five road losses dating back to the regular season were at the West and at Milwaukee. They lost at Dallas. They lost at the Dubs, Phoenix, and Denver, and then Milwaukee. That is not a Brooklyn team who finished the regular season 11-13 and 13 straight up. I mean, this team might not have even made it to the playoffs if they, were, if they had this roster the entire season. So I think the sweep is really the top of Again, we're not official on it, but you can get it at plus 270 or plus 260, it looks like, right now. That's right. So the shark says you should be hearing this song a lot. Don't play it. <laughs> we're just going to play the chorus one more time. Let's hear it go. Let's get it up. Let's go on, chat. Let's go. It is catchy. <laughs> I'm a Celtics fan, and I love that song so much, and I don't know why. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next game. Enough of this riffraff. We're going to go into uh, a, a nice little series here. 
Uh, we have the New York Knicks going up against the Cleveland Cavaliers, making some moves in the offseason, uh, getting Donovan Mitchell, and all of a sudden changing this whole damn franchise around and made themselves into a legitimate playoff contender. I'll start with the shark on this one. We have the Knicks uh, to win the series plus 172 and Cleveland minus 205. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Trying to find my hat here. This is not a buy hat. I will say that. This is a fan hat as a Knicks fan. We're finally here. Best team in a long time. But I have an unfortunate feeling it's going to go something like this. And uh, when you really start to look at what's going on here numerically, go back to the last time the Knicks were in the playoffs. The Knicks had dominated the Hawks in the regular season. The Hawks came off of what appeared to be an inability to beat the Knicks. All of a sudden, books had Atlanta favored in that series. And people said, why? We didn't know why. Maybe all of a sudden Atlanta hammers the Knicks in the playoffs. And if you really look at this season, the Knicks really did take care of business against the Cavs. They've won three in a row. Two of them were at Madison Square Garden. Two real low-scoring affairs. 92 to 81 on December 4th, slightly later on 105 103 on January 24th. But again, going back to the comment about the officiating, Cleveland is the number one defensive team in the league. If Cleveland is the number one defensive team in the league, you know two things they're going to lock down even more in the playoffs. And as I mentioned with the Celtics comment, the refs are going to allow them to bring a ton of physicality to the game. And you know this Knicks team. This is not Charles Oakley and Patrick Ewing in 1993. This is a wide-open, run-and-gun, shoot-the-three-ball team. Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson. I could go on, and I'll finalize this comment. Remember the last time Julius Randle played in the playoffs? He couldn't play all because the refs let – the hand-checking go on the perimeter. And I think you're going to see the team, the Cavaliers, body this guy. I think they're going to bring a ton of perimeter pressure to him. I think Randall's going to have another tough series. And, again, I don't think that's because Randall is not a professional. I think his game is tailored to regular season ball and regular season refereeing. I don't think he's going to have success here. I do think the Knicks will win at least two games. This is going to be a competitive series. But when it comes down to it, I do think getting Cleveland at two to one minus two hundred is the best look in this series. Shark said it himself. Looks like New York has won three out of the last four versus the uh, the Cavs this season. So maybe a little bit of chip on the shoulder from the Cavs. Also, you have the Julius Randle injury with the ankle, uh, as but he is practicing non-contact. Who knows how good that ankle is going to hold up? I'll pass it to you, Odds Fellow. What do you think about this series? We're agreeing way too much on the East, but that'll change when we get to the West. Oh, don't you worry, friends friends and family out there. But uh, maybe this is the Cleveland Cavaliers' revenge spot. They've actually never beaten the Knicks in the playoffs. So is the regression coming or does the trend continue? 1978, 1995, and 1996, in these three playoff series, eight wins, three series wins, eight overall Ws, one W for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But I think that all changes this year. Um, would I lay the two to one? Like Shark mentioned, that's not a bad bet at that number um, in this type of matchup. 
I do also don't mind the minus one and a half over again, sticking to, to, to FanDuel, do some shopping out there. That's at like plus 104, plus 105 right now. I could really see a 4-2 win here. I just think there's too much depth, too much defensive talent. This is a Cleveland team that is trending upwards. A Knicks team that I think benefits from the way Tibbs runs the regular season and the boost they got at different points. I think Randall, who did not look good to his point two years ago in that Hawk series, is banged up and, and currently not cleared to play in game one, which hurts their depth further. And I just don't think they have the bodies to compete with Jared Allen, Allen and uh, and Mobley, right? Two, two guys, two bigs that do a great job. Um, it's going to be really interesting here to see the performance that you get out of um, uh, Donovan Mitchell, a guy who a lot of people thought was coming home uh, to play for the New York Knicks. And obviously that wasn't the case. Um, and, you know, I think there's just too many factors here that are going to allow Cleveland to kind of take control and, and, and smother them. So it's a series I'm excited to watch because I do think you're going to get up when you when you get into that atmosphere at the Garden, which is why I can see the Knicks stealing, you know, maybe one on the road. They'll probably get one at home and, and how that factors out. I, I could see the 4-2 outcome here, and, and that's the way I lean. Beautiful stuff, guys. As I see B-Dog Soba, you are my enemy now. You're going to be fading my Celtics. How dare you, sir? How dare you? But I love the chat. Let's keep it rocking uh, all the way through this. We're going to hit the West Coast, uh, the West Conference. After this special message from our sponsor, Viva Tequila Sales. 365 days of hard work. And it all comes down. Guys, we've waited a year for this. And you're already drinking? Ryan, this is a charity scramble. We're here for the Vivas. Viva Tequila Seltzer. Only 88 calories. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and gluten-free. Ditch the malt at tequila. Good job, boys. One for you. One for you. Beautiful stuff. As I am drinking a, what is this one? Oh, the grapefruit. Is absolutely delicious. Go check them out on Twitter at Viva Seltzer. And if you want to get uh, them mailed to you, just go to VivaSeltzer.com. All right, time for the West Coast. And like I said, we're going to be skipping the number one seeds. Why? Because we don't know what the matchup is going to be until we see the playoff. Uh, the play-in games uh, come to fruition on Friday. So we're going to go to uh, the two seed versus the seven seed. And this seems like a dangerous spot. For the Memphis Grizzlies, but we will see how it all unfolds. Uh, Memphis, I mean, if you talk to the ESPN uh, commentators, that is. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies going up against the LA Lakers. The up-and-comers versus the guys that are probably on the, the precipice of their down skid, in my opinion. I'm going to start with the Shark yet again. Uh, Lakers, plus 116 to win the series. Memphis, minus 136. What are your thoughts? Well, the first thing I think is this is a crazy short line. When you see a two seed basically at a pick em with a seven, numerically it's telling you the Lakers will compete. And I think one takeaway here is as much as this is, this is telling you the Lakers are going to compete far more than your average seven seed, the Lakers are not favored. So I do think that is one key, key point here, where if you really look at the probability expectancy in this number – Basically, what this number is telling you is that Memphis should win this series by the thinnest possible margin. But I think that's also confusing because is Memphis really going to win game seven in um, 
excuse me, they will win game seven. I was going, I was thinking that the reversal was coming. Um, I think this probably will go seven, and I think they will win by the, the smallest of margins. And I think that it corroborates what I was saying. They're, this is going to be seven, and this is going to be tight down the stretch. Uh, if you really look at how Memphis played the Lakers in the last two years, I mean, you got to remember, Memphis is an absolute A-list juggernaut group in the making. And frankly, they're here and they're now, but they're, they're still ahead of their prime a little bit. Uh, I don't think this team is going to do what the Dubs did at the beginning of their run, which was basically, you know, surprise people and then all of a sudden win a title. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to do that this year. And I think partially because the West is so incredibly deep. And that's really the thesis of this Western Conference conversation. The parity in the West all year was unprecedented. I mean, for most of the year, the four seed to the 13 seed were only separated by five games. That's unheard of. So what that says is that the seeding doesn't really matter. And there's potentially going to be a ton of reversal from regular season to postseason. Uh, again, I don't know if I'm being a little biased here. You guys know I like the Grizzlies. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and trash these guys. John Morant, as I mentioned before, Kevin Love walked off the court because of his stress. John Morant's in a nightclub, obviously, you know, being irresponsible. The stress of an NBA career is immense. And people like to conflate money with happiness. And they do it all across this globe. Just because these guys are getting paid 25 mil a year does not mean they're feeling peaceful and happy as if they're sitting on a mountain breathing in the air. This is high-intensity lifestyle, and it gets to these guys. So they've made mistakes. They're enigmatic. They're definitely willing to tell you about themselves. I think, and again, maybe I'm biased. This is not an official bet. I do think Memphis gets there when all is said and done in a really hard-fought series in seven. And I'm looking at the odds here now. You're looking at Memphis in seven at plus 360. I think that's probably the best bet in this series. You know what's frustrating and, and interesting is a lot of these series on FanDuel, and I have to check some of the other books too, you can bet um, total games. So you could bet it to just go seven, and you would probably get plus odds. That's not even listed for this matchup for whatever reason, which is probably telling you and speaking further to that truth of like, these guys do expect this thing to go deep. Um, this is a series I'm really excited to watch. I think one of my problems heading into the Western conference playoffs is where I was trying to target and find some value. Even before the playoffs started, before the play and settled, before the dust settled on these standings, there was not a lot of separation that separated like seeds three through 10, 11 in the West. Um, I really liked the Clippers, the Lakers and the Grizzlies. So for me, luckily, I didn't bet those future spots on, on the Grizzlies or the Lakers because it's frustrating that they're playing each other because I could honestly see both of these teams coming out of the West, right? And, and I thought that for a long time. Again, we'll get into the Clippers later. I, I think injuries aside, they had some of their chances too. But the Lakers, for me, are a team that are playing well since the since the trade deadline. They're 18-9, and nine, which is one of the best records in the league. The Grizz matched it. They they played better through some tough stretches. Some of that was that jaw stretch that we talked about. Uh, they've been a little bit more banged up, um, and that's where some of their struggles have come into play with Brandon Clark, you know, ha having that season-ending injury. And then Steven Adams is essentially getting ruled out, I think. He's at least not going to play at all in this series. That hurts them. The, the size disadvantage is there against a bigger, stronger Lakers team, especially post-trade de trade deadline, the way they're constructed is a reason I actually do lean the Lakers. Again, 
not officially on it. I think that series price is tempting at the plus, you know, 116, pretty short line there. Um, I do think this team is just going to go out there and compete. They're, they're built that way. And I think, you know, some of the distractions we saw with the Grizzlies, some of the confidence that we've seen with the Grizzlies, I think that's going to play into it a little bit. Ja is Ja's super talented. Triple J is super talented. I love this Grizzlies team. If it wasn't this matchup, again, I would probably be very high in the Grizz to, to go all the way because of so many other teams in the West I distrust. So I honestly think whoever comes out of this has a very good shot to get into the Western Conference Finals and to represent the West in the NBA Finals. Um, so for me, it's a slight lean to the Lakers. I think there's some interesting future narrative matchups you could get here that maybe the NBA is pushing for. If you get a little LeBron Steph matchup in round two as two Western conference upsets, um, which would be a lot of fun. So you're going to get the old guard versus the new guard here in a couple of these series. Um, so again, slightly into the Lakers. I think one thing to watch in this series is pace and points. Um, I would go game to game and see what it's doing, but both of these teams are ranked so high offensively in the NBA. I think you got the, you know, on a points per game basis, the Grizzlies are ninth overall. The Lakers are six. These teams want to get out in transition. They want to run. They want to push the pace. I do think NBA playoff officiating curtails a little bit of that, but I think largely you're still going to get that pace out of these two teams. So slightly in Lakers, look to the overs, to, you know, throughout the series. I love it. And you made a really good point with this one. Ever since they got rid of Westbrook, uh, they made the trade. Getting D'Angelo Russell really, really helped that team, kind of change the dynamic of that team, plus getting them all completely healthy at the same time. Lakers are in a different spot, and the line is telling a story here. We always say the line is always telling a story here. Look at the series numbers here. Plus 116 for the Lakers. That's almost virtually a pick em. And And I think this thing could get bought In a 2-7 matchup. In a 2-7. Yeah. That's not a 3-6. That's not a 4-5. That's 2-7. And Shark made the good point. This thing could go to 7. This probably is going to go to 7. And probably going to be the most competitive series on the board that we're talking about tonight. So keep that in mind when looking at this one and looking at teams' values right now. Because, you know, you could be looking like dead square in the face of a Game 7. And it's uh, all for grabs in that spot. But we'll see what happens in this one. Get your popcorn ready, as Terrell Owens would say. Let's go into the next game on the board here. We're looking at the Kangs, as they say. Uh, this team is number one in offensive efficiency. Uh, I think projected to be way down on the board in the West. And uh, a lot of future tickets uh, on the line for this one. But we'll see what happens. Uh, they're playing a veteran team, the the uh, reigning NBA champions, Golden State Warriors. Shark, what are your thoughts on this series? Kings versus Warriors. I think this is the best example of what I said about the West flipping in the postseason. I think the numbers tell you. I mean, Guns, you just said it. Trust the line. Trust the average. This is an incredible numerical story. You have the Golden State Warriors favored in this series at minus 270, 275, 280 at some books. I mean, this is incredible, incredible strength for a six seed versus a three seed. And again, this is the first time the Kings have been in the playoffs in 20 years. And this is also a Kings team that was expected to finish last in the Pacific Conference and finish first, which brings me back to the same conversation I made about the Knicks. Some teams are just made better for the regular season. And you talk about the Kings. They are incredibly fast-paced. They shoot the ball well. 
they do not defend. And here's the key point. They defend so little, they almost can't even be helped by the officiating because they don't even bring the physicality to the game. This is a Warriors team that coasted most of the regular season. This is a team that did not have Gary Payton on his on its roster. They got him back. They got him back from injury. They got Andrew Wiggins back after a long, unfortunate family issue, which held him back, I believe, 25 games or something like that. And you look at what the Warriors did in the regular season. People wanted to talk about this for months. The Warriors were absolutely terrible on the road. Well, guess what, guys? They finished the season 5-0 and ATS on the road. I mean – this is what I talk about all the time, the law of averages. If you are so terrible to even get back to 50%, you should be not average. You should be great. And this fits the whole mold of a championship team coasting early season, integrating new parts, a younger roster, and key point, missing two perimeter defenders. In fact, two of the best perimeter def defenders in the entire Western Conference in Andrew Wiggins and Gary Payton II. And this is what they were dealing with all year. It was noted very, very often their major problem on the road was defending the perimeter and three-point shooting. These two players can defend. They will bring physicality to the game. The Dubs already did win three out of four from the Kings in the regular season anyway. This is Dubs written all over it. You don't want to lay 2.8 to 1. It's not that great a return. The best look in this series, in my opinion, is Dubs in six at plus 240. Love the look. And also, Shark making a great point about the Golden State Warriors on the road. They were 11-29 and 29 against the spread on the road, 27.5%. Unreal. Keep that in mind when you're going. Uh, actually, they're going to be going against a uh, Sacramento Kings home team that is 18-22 and 1 against the spread, 45%. But that is regular season. This is playoffs. Two different sides of the coin. A lot of injuries on the Golden State side. I'll pass it to you, Osbo. What do you think of the series? No, the offensive-defensive splits here is, is what is terrifying and the experience. What I will say is I will probably bet, probably, because I want to see where the line settles. Again, we're a few days away from these games actually starting on Saturday or Sunday because we get the play-in and then the reset. Um, I will probably be on the Kings. Light the beam was up earlier. I think that atmosphere is going to be unbelievable in game one. And you talk about a bad road team getting some pieces back and trying to integrate them. The dubs know they only need to get one in Sacramento. So I guarantee you, you're going to get one dud of an effort and one strong effort. Um, you know, for me, I, I do lean a little bit to the Kings in game one. I think right now it's around a pick them. Um, but again, the offensive defensive splits, the long-term averages, what line is telling you here, these are the top two rated offenses from a points perspective, right? First and second, um, you know, guns, you alluded to the first overall ranking, uh, and some other rating systems for the Warriors or for the Kings rather, but the Kings are 25th defensively. And that's not what you're getting for the Warriors. And that's where I think things are going to average out a little bit and, and where this is going to land. So it's it's I'm excited for the Kings to finally get here. I think it was the longest playoff drought in the four major sports that was still going. Um, so for me, I'm glad they're here, but I think it comes to an end. So this is the Western Conference matchup that, that we definitely agree on uh, where I think the Warriors get it done. The one thing that worries me a little bit is the pieces they're integrating. Uh, what happens with Andrew Wiggins? How, how does that fare? You know, how does Gary Payton the second look? 
what kind of effort do you get night in and night out from Draymond? Draymond, but otherwise, um, you know, I think it's it's dubs or bust here. Love the output. And by the way, uh, Demontis Sabonis. So if your last name is Sabonis and you're not over seven foot, it's probably something wrong with you because I, I think everybody that with the last name Sabonis should be uh, anywhere between six ten and seven foot two. Uh, but let's move on to the next series. Great stuff, guys. Uh, and as 25 of you beautiful bastards have stayed with us here, if you're just joining now, you just joined somewhere in the middle, make sure you uh, hit the like button and uh, hit the subscribe button if you have not already to the Sports Wagering Network. Listen, we got a lot of content coming up. I will talk about that at the end of the show. We have some exciting stuff uh, with baseball coming up. Uh, that I want to talk about. Uh, but we're here to talk about the NBA playoffs, and this is the last series to talk about here. It is the Phoenix Suns versus the LA Clippers. Of course, a lot of changes here, adding Kevin Durant to the Suns. Uh, and of course, we also have the uh, injury issue here with Paul George, probably not going to be playing in this series, uh, and also Marcus Morris uh, Sr., uh, I'll start with you, Shark. What do you think about this series? Uh, West Side action, Suns, Clippers. Oh, this is a tough series. I don't really like anything about this series from a betting perspective pre-series. I think you will get some zigzag within the series, and I think you're going to find some good spots to buy law on these teams. Uh, but I do think pre-series, truthfully, I think this is very well graded. Uh, they have the Suns currently around minus 500 to win the series. The highest number in terms of probability is in five. I don't know if I love taking them in five. You know, the Clippers are very enigmatic. The Clippers are unpredictable. I mean, if you really start to go through the Clippers, there's so many different points that make them unpredictable. I mean, the first thing just blanketly within their strategy is their high reliance on the three ball. We've been talking about this for years. The Clippers are one of those teams where they can bring a focused energy and the, the arena can be jumping, but they can just not hit their shots for a quarter and the game's over. Not only that, they can miss their shots for a quarter and then hit their shots for a quarter and reverse an, a game by 35 points, it feels like. I don't know if you guys remember going back to the Utah series a couple of years ago. Terrence Mann and the boys went off in the third quarter, reversed the game and the series, and won the series against Utah in their best season in a long time. And it's just They're just so hard to predict. Of course, you get the Suns here with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is obviously you know, the darling point to capping and betting the Suns, but we don't have a lot of information with this group. You know, they played well in the regular season. Is that going to translate to the postseason? Probably. But you know what? Kevin Durant last year in the playoffs got swept by Boston. This is obviously not a fractured group. It's not Kyrie Irving. This is Chris Paul and a bunch of professionals. So I'm not saying that's going to happen again. But my point is that it's hard to predict what's going to happen when the Clippers get involved in the playoffs versus a Phoenix team that has very limited on-court play with each other, particularly – in a really intensified environment with physicality, as we've mentioned over and over on this broadcast. I don't like this series at all. I think five to one seems to be a right probability. I don't really think you have an edge buying the Clippers at plus 370 either. Like, obviously, yes, it's nice to get 3.7 return, plus 370 return on your dollar, but the key point is it has to win. You know, I always, think, I always say this. We haven't talked about this enough, but it's great to get value on a bet, but it has to win. Otherwise, you're still losing 100 bucks or 200 bucks or whatever you're betting. So it's great. You got plus 370, but it's not great if, you, if it doesn't fucking win. And I don't think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be tight, back and forth, hard to predict. I'm talking about nothing. Anthony, what's going on? 
I mentioned it before, man. If if PG three was in this series, and obviously these prices would all reflect it and look a little bit different, I would have no problem picking the Los Angeles Clippers. To be honest with you, I don't mind this one going six or seven, just because I think that three point shooting variance that you mentioned, and frankly, Kawhi Leonard is a fucking beast. The man, you know, if you really look at how he was playing down the stretch, off some of the load management BS. Kawhi is back to what he's looked like pre-injury, you know, pre some of the BS that's happened in the last few years. So I'm excited to see him go head to head with Durant. To your point, that this duo, and this was this is what or trio rather, this is what scares me from the Suns perspective. They traded a lot of depth. They traded a lot of depth to get Kevin Durant along with draft picks. You know who they would wish they would have right now? Cam Johnson or Mikael Bridges, because they didn't replace those pieces. Um, you know, from a starting five standpoint and a finishing five in the mid-range, the shooting ability, the offensive ability. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant are dynamic. They played eight games together, eight games in the regular season. So it's really going to be a true test for both these teams of, like, does the regular season matter? Um, But the Clippers are the team with more depth. And if they had PG3, that would be even more depth moving forward. So it's tough to back them without PG3. Um, But you mentioned the three-point shooting. I mean, they are... I think third overall in three-point shooting percentage in the league, right? So a lot of that can flip on its head. The Suns are right there, seventh, you know, from a three-point shooting percentage, but but overall from uh, just a field goal percentage, you know, also one of the best looks in the in the league. Um, so I think you're going to see top-notch shooting. You're going to see great offense. You're going to see tight games. For me, the best bets here. It's tough to 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 lay it. With the Suns at those prices, it's tough to say I'm going to get all that value. It's it's a lengthy series. I don't mind it to go seven, and I think I saw that on FanDuel. If you just look at either you know seven games is plus two fifty. If you did the exact score, um, correct score, the Suns in seven is plus three seventy. So two ways that I'm probably looking at it. To Sharks' point, you could probably get some good variance on this throughout as as these teams kind of beat the crap out of each other. But I'm excited to watch it more from a fan perspective here because of the star power that you have in this series and less from, I I wish we knew more about both these teams and had the numbers and the eye test and the things from the regular season. Cause again, if you're talking about a trio that played eight games, I watched this story. We we joked about the Brooklyn Nets before I've seen what happens when those teams don't play together and then try to roll into the postseason. It's, it's broken. It doesn't always work. You don't have the depth. Um, So, you know, we'll see. So for me, it's, it's exact score or exact games somewhere in that plus 200 plus 300 range um, is something I'd be looking at. Yeah. I mean, when you look at these uh, futures for win the series, you got the Clippers sitting right now, plus uh, 385. I think that's just because PG is out. Um, and then you have the, the Phoenix minus 500 to win the series. Uh, t- tough break there for the Clippers. Uh, wish they had them at full strength because like, like you said, they, they, you don't know where this Suns team is. It's like they're just all, you know, you just kind of molded these two teams together and you threw Kevin Durant in the mix. And now it's like, okay, who's doing what? You don't know everybody's roles. It's a whole uh, different dynamic. Playoffs are team basketball. Regular season is for individuals, as I say with the NBA. But that is just my opinion on this one. I want to leave the people with some best bets that you can give uh, right now as we're sitting here on a Thursday night. Uh, I'll start with you, Shark. What is the series? What is the game one spread that you like the most? What plays can you give the people here tonight? 
All right. Uh, the best looks right now. I like the Dubs in six at plus two forty. I like Boston in five plus one seventy. And I like Cleveland minus 205 series, although I'm not betting that because I can't root against my squad. It's just useless emotional turmoil, like ridiculous. Uh, and I do think uh, the Sixers for a sweep is a very, very accessible, intelligent number at plus 270 there. Beautiful stuff. Give him a little bullet flat flat on that one. Oddsfell, what do you think? Oh, baby. Um, well, I mentioned it before, the Cleveland minus one and a half, and I'm going to shop this around, but Cleveland minus one and a half game, so a 4-2 or a 4-1 victory at plus 104 is the FanDuel line. Um, that LAC, L- the, the the game we were just talking about, I think to go seven for me is, is really interesting and probably one I'll get down on at plus 250. So I'll, I'll post all these two. Um, and then the only other non series look again heavy lean that'll also make official for game one is probably the kings pick them um and then i'm already on that minnesota play in tomorrow at that minus five minus five and a half spot and my pick i'm wearing the green they are in a revenge tour give me the celtics baby wicked high that's what i say all the way future put it on dime bang it all right that is going to close us out here for Dad Bod's episode, I think it is 117. Correct me if I'm wrong, Fun. I'm sure he'll put it up there. Uh, but I want to thank uh, our special analyst for this show. We have Shark and Sports 88. Go check him out on Twitter. Uh, he's always putting up live stuff, not only just for basketball, but also for baseball. And, of course, uh, the odds fellow, fellow Dad Bod, you know him. And uh, go check him out on Twitter if you don't know him at all. He does baseball as well and NBA all the way through the season. And we're going to be doing a lot more content on this uh, sports wagering network. We want to talk about that. It's going to be me. It's going to be the shark. Uh, it's going to be Dabby Cab. Uh, I'm figuring out the schedule right now. It's going to take a little bit of time. I think we're going to be all set for next week now that I know everybody's schedule. So what I'll give time frames when we're going to be going live. It's going to be a little mix of day, a little mix of night. But just bear with us. That's why you need to subscribe to the channel and you had to hit the notification bell so when you always know when we're going to go live and give out the fire plays all the way through the season. We're not talking full game. We're not talking totals. We're talking F5s. We're talking we're hitting all the way the boards, but we're not going to give you any damn nerfies. So get that out of your system. That's going to do it, folks. Thank you for joining us here for Dad Bods 117, 116, whatever it is. Appreciate you. Let's cast some tickets. Let's dominate the board. And as always, let's keep dancing. Bang. Hold it.